It's a win against Kansas State, exactly what the Cowboys needed to turn the season around. I'm Matt Jordan. Welcome into the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And I don't like to be wrong very often. Most of the time, I would say I don't like to be wrong at all. But last weekend is one of those times, one of those moments where I'm good with being wrong because, see, I didn't think Oklahoma State had what it took to be K-State, and they proved me wrong. They, for the most part, dominated that game from start to finish. The offense could have been a little bit better, but they did what they needed to to beat the Wildcats, to improve to 1-1 in Big 12 play, to improve to 3-2 and overall, and hopefully the first thing of what is the moment that turns the season around and we get a good year out of the Cowboys. The schedule still isn't as easy as a lot of people thought it would be, but but Friday night's game against the Wildcats certainly looks like this team has taken the step it needs to turn the season around. It does not get any easier, however, this weekend as they get set to take on the Jayhawks of Kansas as the Jayhawks currently head into this game. They are 5-1. and one. They are 2-1 and one in conference play. Their only loss is to Texas. I predicted KU to be the second best team in the Big 12 this season. They have certainly looked like one of the three best teams behind OU and Texas. So we'll see if now the Cowboys have what it takes to beat KU. And I said I was wrong, but I, I also would like to give myself a little credit and say I was right. Because what I said was, if Oklahoma State wanted to beat K-State, wanted to turn their season around, they needed to do two things. That was run the ball well and play good defense. And that's exactly what they did against the Wildcats to come away with a victory last Friday. Ollie Gordon carried the ball 21 times. He had 136 yards rushing, 6.5 yards of carry with a touchdown. And Oklahoma State as a team had 175 yards of rushing. So they ran the ball effectively. And Alan Bowman did what he needed to do as far as not turning the ball over to give Oklahoma State an opportunity offensively in that game. And then defensively, They pick off Will Howard three times, one of which is a pick six. That was big moment. And then the special team side of things, with Alex Hell just going absolutely bananas kicking field goals. Hell was five of six kicking field goals with the only one he missed being blocked, the shortest of the attempts, a 21-yarder, but he had a 43, a 34, a 53, a 31, and a 25. And while Oklahoma State's offense couldn't get things going, Alex Hale bailed them out time and time again by at least allowing them to get some points. Oklahoma State really controlled that game early on, getting out to a 20-7 lead in the first half, and then the defense did enough with the offensive and the kicking game in the second half to control the lead and get the 8-point 29-21 victory. So the rest of the season, as you look at the rest of the schedule, The Cowboys are getting set to take on KU, who looked to be starting quarterback in Jalen Daniels, who is doubtful for that game. And as we look after that game, and we look forward from there, and I'll break down the KU game here in just a second, but after that, they go to West Virginia, and West Virginia has looked very good. 
they're four and one and and a big surprise to everyone in the Big 12, but they're not unbeatable. And then you look at after that, they take on Cincinnati, who has fallen off a little bit. They've dropped to two and three, and uh, they are five-point favorites against Iowa State this week, but they have dropped off some. Then it comes the toughest test of the season as they'll take on OU. That game is at Stillwater, probably not one you're going to win. Then they'll take on UCF. UCF coming off a big loss to KU. They certainly don't look as good as they did uh, before that. They're now 3-3. Three and three. They're on a bye week, but they take on OU the following week. And then Houston. Houston has definitely been one of the new schools, actually the school, uh, the 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 new school that struggled the most uh, in Houston, and then you finish the finish the season at BYU. BYU four and one, also very good, but a lot could happen uh, in that amount of time. So the schedule certainly is very more winnable after what I saw on Friday night. The team looks a lot better. It was very doom and gloom heading in, just because of what they had done against South Alabama and against Iowa State. The team that played against K State is not anywhere close to the same team that played against South Alabama and Iowa State. So somehow Gundy got these guys to respond and they figured it out. Whether it's the play calling got better, which still could, again, that's the weakest part. If you want to complain about one thing, it's the lack of being able to convert. You're not always going to be able to field goal a team to to death, especially this KU team who is very good this season. Because even without Jalen Daniels against UCF, they still put up 51 points against a Golden Knights team that a lot of people thought would be pretty good coming in. Uh, A lot of people thought they would be the best of the newcomers coming in to this season. Defensively, KU is also a lot better than some people expected him to be. Uh, The Jayhawks come into this game uh, leading the Big 12 in sacks and are third in interceptions and the offensive line has been a big issue for Oklahoma State and to be honest Alan Bowman who was named the starter still hasn't looked good for the Cowboys in that win against K-State he was 19 of 35 for 235 yards no touchdowns but he did protect the ball no interceptions so if Bowman can be the guy to be the game manager think what the Kansas City Chiefs had in Alex Smith. If Alan Bowman can be Alex Smith and just not lose games for the Cowboys, then they'll be in a good spot going forward if the run game continues to be as good as it was last week and the defense plays as good as it does. I like K-State's offense. Will Howard is a very good quarterback, in my opinion. I thought he was uh, the best, the best quarterback in the Big 12 heading into the season. But he looked pretty bad against Oklahoma State in that matchup on Friday. So looking at this KU team and what they've done this season, again, they're 5-1. and one, They're 2-1 and one in conference play. They are undefeated at home. They're 1-1 one and one on the road with that one loss being to Texas. They scored 48 points week one against Missouri State in a 48-17 win. Then they beat Illinois 34-23. That game was at home. Then they went to Nevada and beat them 31-24. They beat BYU 38-27 at home. They lost to Texas 40-14. And then they beat UCF at home 51-22. So their uh, road game, the 40-14 loss to Texas, obviously Texas very good, 
and then they just won by seven against the Nevada squad that's 0-5. So not a great look, just a seven-point victory against a team now who's 0-5. Now, granted, that was the third game of the season for KU, and a lot has changed, but they don't have their quarterback. The running game is still really good. So on the road, not as good as they are at home, so that does benefit the Cowboys. Some other things to look at as we look at this breakdown between uh, KU and OSU. I'll just give you a bunch of information. Again, KU 5-1, and one, Oklahoma State 3-2, and two, KU 2-1 two and one in the Big 12, Oklahoma State 1-1. One and one. KU won last week 51-22, Oklahoma State won 29-21. Uh, Kansas is up finally. They're in the top 25. They're the 23rd ranked team in the nation. Oklahoma State obviously unranked. Uh, Oklahoma State leads the series 41-30-2. And KU did win the last meeting, 37 to 15. And uh, a fun fact about the 37 to 15: that is just the Jayhawks' second win against Mike Gundy. Uh, Mike Gundy is 13 and two all time. 13 and two all time against KU. Uh, the first win came back in 2007. That was a very good KU team. And then the second win came last year. So last year's win ended a, a pretty long streak for Oklahoma State. So Mike Gundy fares well against the Jayhawks just as a whole. Looking at uh, some of the keys to the game or key players in this game, uh, I think it's going to be running the running game and it's going to be the defense. Who who can run the ball the most effectively, who can limit turnovers, and who can for, first uh, force mistakes by the other team defensively. So, looking at uh, some key players, one for KU is going to be running back Devin Neal. Uh, coming into this game, Devin's fourth in the Big 12 with 593 yards and is tied for first in the Big 12 with six rushing touchdowns on the year. Neal averages 7.7 yards per carry and 98.8 yards per game. On the other side, defensively, Oklahoma State is 11th in the Big 12 and 84th nationally in rushing yards allowed per game at 154. So whether they do have to start Jason Bean or they are able to go with Jalen Daniels, who again is doubtful for this game, Neal is going to be a focus of what the Kansas offense wants to do, uh, especially considering the Jayhawks ranked second in the Big 12 and sixth nationally with 232.2 rushing yards per game. Like I said, they're going to want to run the football. Defensively, it's about the defensive line for KU. Uh, coming into the season, they were a big question mark, the defensive line was, but it is a strength to this KU team. The secondary, everyone already knew they were very good, but the defensive line is a lot better than people thought. Austin Booker has five sacks in the season. Jerome Robinson has three and a half sacks. Uh, they both rank inside the top five of the conference in total sacks. And so the offensive line has really struggled. Getting after Alan Bowman has been something that a lot of teams, or any quarterback for the first three games, have been something a lot of teams have been able to do. So that's going to be a key for KU, getting after Bowman, forcing him to make mistakes, because when he is rushed, he is very susceptible to throwing interceptions. Uh, now for Oklahoma State, again, the running back, Ollie Gordon. Uh, Alan Bowman has two full games under his belt as the starting quarterback in Stillwater and is completing 53.3% of his passes. He's got 748 yards passing, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. So Bowman isn't going to be the guy. Like I said, he is a game manager. 
He is not going to win games for you, but he should be good enough to not lose games. That's what you want from Alan Bowman. But running back Ollie Gordon can be a guy that wins you games. In Big 12 play, Gordon has carried the ball 39 times for 257 yards. That's 6.6 yards a carry. He has the uh, touchdown, which he scored last week. Uh, The Cowboys' offense will have to operate through Gordon and the running back room uh, for them to be successful because you want to slow KU down. That's That's the goal. Chew the clock. Keep their offense off the field because they're very capable of scoring 40 plus. Slow the game down and manage it. And then on the other side of the ball for Oklahoma State, it's the safety Cameron Epps. Epps against K State broke out. The redshirt freshman had two interceptions, including a 35 yard pick six to put the Cowboys up 20 to 7 just before half. A big moment in that game, probably the pivotal moment in that game. In addition to the interceptions, he added two pass breakups, had five tackles in the game, and gave a huge boost to a defense that's been disappointing until this week. They kind of finally figured it out. And I knew Nardo was close because of what he'd done week one and week two, making changes. Uh, Arizona State scored 15 points to start the game and did not score again in the second half. So I knew I knew Nardo was good, and Nardo knew what he was doing as a defensive coordinator. It was just start to finish, and they finally did that against K-State. So KU plans to run the football, and they could run it a, bo- a, b- a bunch. They could run it a bunch. Epps uh, will be tried in the run fits, and will need to keep whoever is at quarterback under wraps. So the safeties have been very good for Oklahoma State. Epps, of course, showing out in the game against K-State. And Kendall Daniels has been very good all season, a big part of that offense. Trey Rucker, despite the DUI stuff, is still playing until uh, you know anything comes down from that legally. And then uh, Nicholas Martin has also been very good uh, for the Cowboys. He had uh, 17 tackles for them in that matchup against K-State. So the defense is going to have to guard the run game, and they're going to have to watch... Uh, whoever it is at quarterback. Obviously, you're going to feel a lot better coming in uh, to that game if the quarterback is not Jalen Daniels. Daniels is an elite option at the quarterback um, position, and I, you know my favorite quarterback in the Big 12, I thought he was the second best behind Will Howard, but he's my favorite quarterback in the Big 12, and uh, it, it looks like he, he did not practice Monday. Uh, it looks like he is doubtful. So we'll we'll see what comes out with that as we get closer and closer uh, to Saturday and to kickoff to see if maybe Daniels is a late put in. But it looks like it's going to be being uh, the guy playing that game against the Cowboys. And despite not having Daniels in that game against UCF, they did put up really good numbers. They didn't ask Jason Bean to do a lot. 8 of 12, 91 yards. He had one touchdown. He was sacked once. They really leaned on the running game. Uh, Devin Neal, 12 carries, 155 yards. He had the touchdown. And then Daniel Hyshaw, 19 carries for 136 yards and two touchdowns. And Dylan McDuffie, 13 carries for 94 yards. So 51 total carries being carried at six times himself. So 51 total carries for the Kansas offense. They love to run the football. They had almost 400 yards rushing and five rushing touchdowns in that game against UCF. So if Jalen Daniels isn't playing, you have to know we got to stop the run and make Bean beat us. 
If you can stop the run and you can make Bean beat you or make Bean try to beat you, because you don't want him to beat you, but if you make Bean try to beat you, you're going to find success in this game. So the storylines for these two teams. The Jayhawks, well, the same team that showed up in Lawrence last week, get off the bus in Stillwater this weekend. The Kansas team, again, ran for 399 yards, five touchdowns, as they beat UCF, scoring 51 points. Uh, Can they come into Stillwater and take care of business? However, if the team that we saw against Nevada and Texas on the road is who shows up, the Cowboys are going to be in this game. They just haven't looked as good on the road as they do at home. So I hope that continues, especially with a backup quarterback. Your hope is that continues on and the Cowboys can get the victory. So taking a look, Brian Clinton wrote the post this week for the previewing these two uh, these two teams. He has his prediction on there. His prediction is 34-23 to 23 KU. So here's what Brian had to say uh, uh, on heartlandcollegesports.com about this, about this game. He says, while last week was certainly promising for Oklahoma State, he thinks Kansas has too much firepower for the Pokes to keep up with. The Jay- Jayhawks have a chance to solidify themselves as a true Big 12 contender this week, and getting a win on the road this week could be huge for their confidence. The Jayhawks rank third in the Big 12 in interceptions and first in sacks, while Alan Bowman has an issue taking care of the football, and the OSU offense is dead last in the conference in efficiency. He says, give him Kansas to win and cover in this one. Yeah, the spread in this game, which I didn't mention, is three and a half, uh, which is like six and a half because you give the home team three. So three and a half is what the, the spread is. I am not ready to say Oklahoma State is good enough to beat KU, for my prediction. I certainly like what I saw from the Cowboys on Friday, and I certainly think that if they can keep that going the rest of the season, that they can turn this around and be a good team the rest of the year. Uh, I think they do have a chance to be bowl eligible. There are some bowl projections about about uh, early in the season, bowl projections. Those bowl projections do have us making a bowl, playing Missouri in um, like the the Independence Bowl or or something along those lines. I don't remember which which bowl it was. There's <laughs> there's so many names for bowl games now. Uh, that's a discussion for a completely another podcast. Is there too many bowl games? But they, the prediction does have Oklahoma State uh, making a bowl game, which I thought was interesting just because of how this season was looking. The Liberty Bowl, AutoZone Liberty Bowl uh, against Missouri. So we'll see if that's the case. But certainly... They showed enough to me to think, okay, we're turning the season around. They did not show enough to me with how the offense just couldn't finish drives to think that they can beat a team as talented offensively as KU. They don't lose to Iowa State if they would have played like they did against K-State, but playing like they did against K-State does not beat KU. Too many field goals, not enough finished drives. KU can score and will score. I like Brian's prediction of 34 to 23. I'm going to say 31-21 as a final. I do think KU wins, just because Oklahoma State just quite hasn't figured it enough, enough figured it out enough offensively to get the victory, despite how good the defense has looked. And I don't think the defense is going to be able to hold KU under 31, because I think they're just going to be out on the field too much to combat with what 
they're the lack of what the offense can do. So that's where I'm at. I'm going to pick KU to win, but I certainly would not shock me. Last week I just said it would surprise me that Oklahoma State won. It certainly would not shock me if Oklahoma State outplays KU and gets the victory. It will not shock me. I, I am much more excited. I still think the Casey Dunn needs to be gone. We need to figure something out, but I am much more excited about the rest of the season after what I saw on the field Friday night. I'm not a believer in Dunn. I'm not a believer in Bowman, but I love the run game. I like what I saw in that game from Brian Nardo, the defensive coordinator. I like the defense enough. Can you stop the run? Can you do what it takes to get the win? I'm not sure, but I at least am more optimistic heading the rest of the season. If you like what you heard, may well go and give us a five-star on Apple Podcast. If you didn't like what you heard, you can let me know that as well. Uh, I think I only have one review on Apple Podcast, and it's a negative review. So I'll take it. As long as I know people are listening, I, 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 you know, it's hard always to be optimistic about a team that's struggling, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I certainly feel better, like I said. So give us the uh, give us the old review. Uh, appreciate that over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.